When we last left you on Friday morning, I told you the Jets were going to beat the Bills. I told you double-digit underdog doesn't matter, especially in the NFL. I mean, come on, anything could happen. And think about how things have changed in a week with this team. And that was kind of the feel. You know, I'm half kidding about the prediction, although I did say that the Jets were going to win when we last spoke to Omar Friday morning before we said goodbye for the weekend. But it was more so about everybody in this town exactly one week ago ripping apart Zach Wilson and the Jets and being so distraught after what was supposed to be a celebratory atmosphere at MetLife a week ago on Sunday. And fans were so dejected. Fans were crushed, calling for Zach Wilson to lose his job, but he's not the future, and so definitively you know, saying that he's not the guy for this organization. And all that talk to me was... Typical fan overreaction. And believe me, if anybody knows about typical fan overreaction, it's me. So as the week went on, the more strongly I started to feel about the Jets having a real chance. And they needed to prove themselves to me. And I know everybody was talking about their defense and how great their defense has been all year. And I don't think the defense has been great all year. No, I thought it was great yesterday. But me personally, I thought I needed to see more from this group as a whole. And certainly in the New England game. Now, you know, the New England game, they had the stupid penalty that changed the game. Obviously, Zach Wilson with the interceptions. The special teams was awful. And I needed to see a much better all-around dominant performance from this team to believe in them. There were signs. I mean, there have been signs throughout the course of the year. But nothing compared to what we saw yesterday. That is the best team in the NFL that they handled. They were on par with them, if not just flat out better than them, all day long. You want to talk about in the trenches? Up front, the Jets ran the football down the Bills' throat. They did it up the middle. They did it on the edges. The Jets mashed that Bills' defensive line. I know the Bills are banged up. You talk about injuries and all the losing key players. Hey, that's part of it. The Jets are losing key players, too. Brees Hall, Vera Tucker, amongst others. I mean, the Jets are losing key players too. So I don't want to hear about it. Who's there, who's not for Buffalo. And the fact that there were some holes on the Bills' defense, the Jets still needed to go out there and take advantage of them and exploit them, and they did. But defensively, and by the way, the game, of course, gets started off on the wrong foot. Uh, quite literally, I've, something I've never seen before with the Jets. Kicker steps on the tee and screws up the opening kick. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. And really, it was all uphill. For or the, Those are the only two plays. I mean, obviously, it's going to be all uphill from there. But those are the only two plays, basically, the first two of the games that the Jets didn't play well. Outside of that, it was a domination. And Josh Allen made some throws that if Zach Wilson made... I'd be taking calls, 877-337-6666, all morning long for Mike White. Josh Allen was throwing, uh, he threw terrible interceptions, only had two, it should have been more, at least three, maybe four. The defense put pressure on him, and really to me, if you were to say, all right, well, where did the Jets win this game? It was, obviously, it's multiple areas, but the the two key areas where the Jets won this game was defensively, but more specifically, with their cornerback play. And I know everybody talks about Sauce Gardner, and rightfully so, but D.J. Reed was fantastic. That is a cornerback tandem, and that is why the Jets have had so much success defensively. Now, do their linebackers fast? Absolutely, of course. Do they get pressure up front? We know they do. Quentin Williams, a stud, amongst others. I mean, they, they show off... Bryce Huff getting to the quarterback in a big spot, you know, with uh, Josh Allen going down with the fumble, changing things there. But the speed, Quincy Williams, C.J. Mosley flying around, hitting hard. The linebackers there, the defensive front short. This team's strength is the secondary, but the corners are special. That is a special tandem with D.J. Reed and Sauce Gardner. And as long as those guys are there, their defense will be fine. So that was number one, the defense to that Bills team that lights it up against everybody. And we knew that would be the key going in. And we knew that the Jets had 
potential to slow down Josh Allen and Buffalo because of their defense. Do I, you know, all of a sudden, do we think the Jets are better than the Bills? No, but I think that they're a tough matchup for teams that could be exposed as a. I don't want to call the Bills soft because, like I said, they're the best team in the league. But you know, they they have some areas of weakness, whether it be on that defense, whether it be in the trenches, whether it be the inability to run the football outside of Josh Allen. They can't run the football. That's a problem. I still believe, even in today's NFL, where everything is geared toward the passing, I still believe the best teams play defense and the best teams can run the football. And that would be the second part of where the Jets won. We mentioned it before, running the football. Their guys up front paving the way for the Jets to gash Buffalo on the ground. The Jets drove the football all afternoon long. Drove it. How about that final drive? This is... This is different Jets football. We're not used to this. As a double-digit underdog at home, driving the football down their throats with six minutes to go, basically leaving the Bills one last chance, and even that was a long shot at that particular point. So defensively, of course, specifically the cornerbacks, running the football, of course, the guys up front, And then two other things, if I may. One, and we'll save the best for last. One, Garrett Wilson, who it's quite obvious from the minute he stepped on the football field, he is a stud. He is a legitimate top receiver in the league and will continue to get better. Now, is he perfect? Is he there yet? Is he on Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins or Justin Jefferson level? No, and whoever, just pick him, just throwing out top receivers, but he, he will get there or can get there. The Jets have that guy that basically could get open on any play. He's a stud and a huge weapon, and without him, you know, I'm not sure where the Jets will be turning here. And it, it stinks that Eli Moore is is just basically, I mean, he does nothing. He's basically been useless, Eli Moore. He was supposed to be the combination of him and Wilson coming in this year. That's what I was looking forward to. But Garrett Wilson, a legit superstar in the making at wide receiver. That helps. Anytime the Jets needed a big play. I know Mims made a big play as well, which was nice to see, but... Anytime the Jets needed a, it, it may not even a big, a big play, a first down, a big gain through the, you know, seven, eight yards through the air, boom, Wilson's right there. And lastly, you can't have, or it doesn't help to have stud receivers, or a stud receiver in this case, and a great running game if you don't have a quarterback who can make plays because ultimately you need that to get to the next level. There are quarterbacks that are game managers in this league. Zach Wilson is not one of them. He is a quarterback that can make plays. And yesterday, while he was not asked to make a ton of plays, he was a huge part of the Jets driving the football. Now, if you don't have to throw it, don't. And they didn't have to at times when they were, especially at the end, when they were running the football down the Bills' throat. Hey, they can't stop us. Up the middle, on the edge, left, right, doesn't matter. We're going to run the football down their throat. That's exactly what the Jets did. But when they had to make a play through the air, not only did they trust Zach Wilson to do so, he did so. No mistakes from Zach Wilson as far as the interceptions go. All right, you have the one fumble. Hey, that happens. That happens, especially with a quarterback who's going to be running around as much as Zach Wilson does, and he did that as well, not to a Daniel Jones or Josh Allen level, you know, 100 yards, whatever it may be, when those guys are at their best, but he did it in key spots, getting some first downs with his legs, or at least one first down with his legs, moving the football. That's what you need to see from Zach Wilson, the ability to scramble, get out of the pocket, and get a big first down or get some big yardage if the Jets need it. And he did that. It was a near-perfect game outside of that fumble for Zach Wilson. The 
ability to drop arm angles and kind of sidearm that thing in there, which was a little Patrick Mahomes-esque. Putting good velocity on the football, making accurate throws. All right, you know, at, we're going to start now analyzing every single play. Oh, the fumble, oh, he's terrible. Hey, every quarterback makes terrible, uh, has has bad fumbles at times. Hey, every quarterback is going to make bad decisions or let one sail on him. The one to Denzel Mims. That, by the way, Mims could have caught early in that game. It was high, don't get me wrong, but Mims could have caught it. Point is, the quarterback that the majority of you whether you're Jet fans or not, wanted out of town after last week, he showed up in a big way and bounced back. And this team as a whole bounced back. Now, remember, we're still learning about this group. The same way that you can't overreact to a bad loss against the Patriots a week ago, you're not going to go nuts and think Super Bowl after this past weekend. But the point is, they have a shot. And more importantly than having a shot this year is looking ahead. I think it's safe to say that everybody is now a believer in Joe Douglas. He's had plenty of time here to turn this thing around, and he's brought in plenty of talent in that time. And the Jets have been turned around. Robert Sala. I have questioned him as a head coach, and I'm still going to question him as a head coach. However, the defense has become legitimate, and you can't question the toughness that the Jets have showed, the competitiveness that the Jets have showed, and the improvement that the Jets have showed. Mike LaFleur, I have questioned him as well, and will continue to do so here. Remember, you're two for each of these guys. We're still learning. But LaFleur called a good game. Driving the football. It's easy to see an offensive coordinator and his bag of tricks when you're driving the football as opposed to three and out, three and out, three and out. But most importantly, and I know it's behind a a strong defense and a very strong ground game, most importantly, the quarterback. I've told you that I am a believer in Zach Wilson. You have called me and asked me what I saw. Watch yesterday's game. There are certain things that Zach Wilson does that others can't do. Could he be a better game manager at times? Sure, but that's not his style. And the toughness mentally and physically, and you saw him take a couple of big hits yesterday as well, but the toughness mentally to be able to bounce back from a poor performance like we saw against New England a week ago, hear all the criticism and tune it all out and go out there and play a heck of a football game. It was a total team win for the Jets. That's what good teams do. It's not one thing or the other. Now, you're going to have clear strengths, and their strength is their defense, but To win football games consistently in the NFL, you need balance. And they have that. You also need a good quarterback. Again, to get to the higher levels. And they have that. And we hope that this is only the beginning of year two with this group. I believe it is. And I don't know if I would say they're ahead of schedule, maybe more so on schedule. But to look at this Jets team overcoming the injury to their starting quarterback in preseason, as of now having to deal with no Vera Tucker, no Brees Hall, two big parts of what they were doing here in the first seven weeks of the season. Fast forward now as we enter week 10 in the NFL where the Jets will enjoy a well-deserved bye week before another huge game and potential statement game in New England. I mean, think about this. The Jets are 6-3. and three. They've already beaten the Bills. They've already had some up, ups and downs. You know me, I'm talking about the adversity, dealing with that. How incredible would it be 
for the Jets, who are 2-1 and one in the division. Oh, and by the way, the division-leading best team in football, Buffalo Bills, 0-2 oh in that division with losses to the Dolphins and now the Jets. They haven't even played New England. Everybody's always worried about the Pats in that division. The Bills have two losses to both the Dolphins and the Jets. But how sweet would it be for the Jets and their fans to come out of the bye week and get some retribution, not just for week eight, but for ever, and go into New England and beat the Patriots. And it can happen. And if and when that does, now you're talking about a potential special season. It's not going to get easier. Uh, Chicago looks good with Justin Fields all of a sudden changing things. Vikings are good at Buffalo. Jet schedule, very difficult the next four weeks. Very challenging the next four weeks. But they'll have a nice bye. Coming off this win, this win changed the outlook of the season. And I don't care how big a Jet fan you were. And I get it. You get down on your team after a bad loss. There weren't many, if any who thought they would win this game. And some of the reason why fans were so frustrated after last weekend's loss was because they had already counted this one as a loss. The Jets are back. Be the ball. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. fan. Hey, where's Omar in Brooklyn? I called him out. He called Friday. Thankfully, I love, I miss Omar. He only calls during the Bills and Knicks seasons. And, you know, the Bills are hot. And, of course, I wish we could go back and play the call, but I wasn't thinking ahead to go back and get that. But Omar was calling, laughing and joking. Oh, matter of fact, he guaranteed he tried to pull us out and saying that the Super Bowl is over. The Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. What happens? They followed up with a loss to the New York Jets. I better be hearing from you, Omar. Omar in Brooklyn, you know the number. You, I'm on till five. Let's go, baby. Face the music. Face the music. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, baby. You know it. There are a lot of Jet fans out there. A lot of Jet haters out there, too, that are ticked off. A lot of Jet fans out there ready to enjoy this one. And this has been a long time coming. Like we said, it doesn't mean the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl, but it means that the Jets just beat by far the best team in the NFL. You look around at some of the other teams, there are weaknesses everywhere. The Jets have a shot. Matter of fact, I would say right now, the, I mean, look, the, the last game of the year with Miami is going to be huge, but the Dolphins, I mean, seeing what the Jets were able to do to the Bills today, that shows you something. The Dolphins might be the last test that they have left. Well, obviously, New England, as we talked about going in a... They got to beat New England one way or another. But New England and then the Dolphins. Because they didn't really play the Dolphins last time. They beat them up, but the Dolphins didn't have Tua. And they're a different team. Miami is legitimate. That will be one hell of a matchup. I mean, the way things are shaping up right now as we sit here in Week 9, with the Jets going to a bye week, with the Giants coming back from a bye week in Week 10... We are looking at Giants-Eagles Week 18 in Philly and Jets-Dolphins in Miami Week 18. Those are potentially two huge games. And for the record, you know, not that I think the Jets are going to win the division, but when you win a game like this and when you have a defense as legitimate as they do, and the potential on offense that they do, you start looking at it. Remember how last year we were talking about, and really last year and, and every year before that, uh, in, in recent memory, how you look at these the games and it's like, oh my God, they can't even compete in this game. Why bother? Oh, another game where the Jets aren't even going to compete. 
Now you look at these games and say, well, they should win this. At New England, I don't care where that game's being played. If the Jets play their best game, they're better than the Patriots. First, the Bears, yeah, Justin Fields is nasty. You know what? Jets defense could be nastier. At Minnesota, they're good. They're not great. Now, I don't expect the Jets to win all these games, and then you throw an at Buffalo. But if they could go 2-2 two and two over that stretch, I think that's doing their job. And then hope to take advantage of a softer schedule with two home games against the Lions and Jaguars before going to Seattle and Miami to close out the season. But, hey, the Jets should be a playoff team. And if you get in, anything's possible. And remember, as each week goes on, the Jets get better with experience, with the head coach, with the coordinator, with the quarterback, with these young players. And they start to gain more confidence. This is a very confident group as well. Nobody to start us off better today on the phones than Doug on Long Island. Doug, how are you feeling this Monday morning? Oh, you know I'm floating in the clouds, kid. You know <laughs> I am happy. I I have believed in Joe Douglas since day one. I've, I've been a believer in the coaching staff. Well, I won't say the coaching staff. I gotta, I gotta apologize to Albrecht. I've been rough on Albrecht. I gotta give him a ton of credit. He put those linemen in a position to succeed today and for everybody who's killed over they went in at the half they found a way to stop Allen from running and they put Buffalo I think Buffalo in, in seven games before this game I think they had 11 sacks the Jets had I think five sacks today mm-hmm. and fell Five minutes left in the third quarter, the time of possession was 25 minutes to 15 for the Jets. And, Sal, that was a big, big moment in this game. The end of the set of the second quarter and the beginning of the third quarter, before that, I mean, in typical Jets fashion, we have a goddamn sky cam delay. Like, only the Jets could have that, but the defense got a rest. I'll tell you. I'm high on this defense, and I've been shouting this defense out, and and they impressed me today. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're well, talking to, about to do it against this team and that quarterback, and the way that those corners played against the Bills receivers—that is remarkable. I mean, the Bills play video game football. They are basically automatic with Diggs and Gabe Davis in the end zone. You name it, and they shut them down. Josh Allen did not throw for a touchdown pass. That is, he threw two picks. It should have been more. It should have been at least three, maybe four. Yeah, and about the game, the game starts. The punter steps on, whether he yeah. stepped on the kicking tee or whatever. The defense bails him out, and give Josh Allen credit. I mean, the guy offensively, when he runs the ball, he's he's a difference maker. But but they adjusted, Sal. And and I'll tell you this: still need to see more from Zach. More, I think he has to run more. I I think they need to take advantage of that. But you mean design you know, runs? They, Design run, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like the design runs. First of all, he's not physical like, and and he took a licking and had a nice run, Um, but he's not physical like Josh Allen or even Daniel Jones. But he does have escapability and mobility, so I like it on broken down pass plays. I would not be putting him in harm's way with design runs. Me personally, got to run four or five times a game. In college, he ran seven times a game, and in college. A better quarterback. They started having him at BYU his last year. He ran for ten touchdowns. They had him run early in games because it it slowed the pass rush down. But so I got to I like this team. This team like this this team has been beat up. They've had injuries like every other team. You take out Tucker and you take out Brees Hall. And this team, start, that drive in the fourth quarter, oh, man. they imposed their will on one of the best teams in the league. 
And they then went right they, down their you know, throat. That, yeah, I mean, they neutered well, the Bills' defense. That is a that to me is a you're not as good or you're not as uh, that much better than you think you are, especially in comparison to us type drive. That's a drive that says, oh yeah, you think you're bad. We're going to show you bad. How could the Bills? How could you look at the Jets any differently after that drive? They they own them. They ran the football right down their throat. The Bills couldn't stop them. And last week. I was a little bitter over the officiating. At some point, we got to start to admit, the Jets don't get calls. I mean, today, Mac Wilson gets hit late. It looked like he hurt his knee. That's the exact hit that JFM was called for. On the last drive, when the Jets kicked the field goal to take the lead, nobody can tell me. I've watched this play ten times. Nobody can tell me. In a league where they tell me they're protecting players, that Zach Wilson wasn't hit with a helmet-to-helmet hit. Right. But I will give this team credit. All of that. Got a, a penalty, a holding penalty. They got a first down. Sound this defense shut the door. They shut the door. And you, And I don't know about you with the Jets. And as always, Doug, thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. I'm happy for you and your Jets. The fact that they can make a field goal hold up, and I'm sure everybody's saying, oh, no, you got to go for your kink kick. Can't settle for field goals and beat the Bills. Well, you can if you have a good defense. And that's exactly what happened. Take the points. By the way, Jets with the fake punt for a first down. You know, special teams played well after a week ago. We were ripping special teams, and rightfully so. Special teams outside of that opening kick played well. Zero line, two for two, hitting a 53-yarder in the process as well. The the Jets played a solid, complete, and not solid. They played a very good, complete football game. And they did so against the best that the NFL has to offer. Injuries or not, each team lost key players. But they ran the football down their throat. They controlled time of possession, to your point, and that helps because, you know, I don't care how good a defense you are. Josh Allen is is going to get you eventually. But the Jets winning the time of possession, the Jets defense doing their job, and getting to Allen in key spots, preventing him from breaking their, their hearts, which you figured in the end, uh-oh, here we go, last drive. You don't want Allen with the ball, right? I mean, that's why the new overtime rules are put in. Oh, each team that ends with the quarterback having the ball, they're going to score. Well, not against this Jets defense. Not yesterday. I wouldn't be afraid of Kansas City either after watching some of that Sunday night football game. I'm telling you, you look at the landscape. The NFL is there's there's it's almost too much parity. I mean, look at the teams. Forget the NFC for a second. Just look at the teams in the AFC. It was very clear to me that it was Buffalo and then a, a couple of notches, if not at, at the very least one notch below Kansas City and even Miami on that next level potentially, and then everybody else. I'm not a big believer in Tennessee. Uh, I don't believe in the Chargers. They're okay. I mean, those teams are okay. Ravens are okay. Bengals okay. Miami's got the potential to be a special team. And I don't think the Jets are there, but, I mean, the record is, and they do have, you know, now this signature win, and they have an opportunity to get to that level. And, by the way, they do it differently. Miami's strength is their offense. And I'd much rather have the Jets' strength than I would Miami because I do believe that a good defense still should win. And the Jets, some would argue, have the best defense. Seth is calling from Brentwood, Long Island. What's up, Seth? Hey, Sal. How's it going? How are you, Seth? All right. Now, you said the Jets, we shouldn't be talking Super Bowl. Well, listen, who's who can beat – okay, well, a lot of teams can beat us, but you know what? I think we are Super Bowl worthy. We just beat the Buffalo freaking Bills, the team that everybody had going to the Super Bowl. We're basically – we are very close to being the number one seed and having home fields throughout the playoffs. Now, I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but the way we play mm-hmm. today, the way that defense 
is going after it. I think we can get there. I really do. Well, I mean, the next four – see, this is why you don't want to get – what were you saying after last week's game, Seth? I, I was saying they they should have they should have they should have won. They they played the, they were the better team against the Patriots. They were, right. I thought they were the better team. I wasn't I wasn't like oh no I was not one I was not one of those fans. You're like all right Wilson stinks we got to move on. Okay. No, I, all right fair yeah. enough fair enough. But if you want to talk about potential one seed or being a top team in the AFC. I think you have to do it over the next four weeks. If they could go out there and look, you uh, now I was talking about two and two, but I'm talking about playoffs. I think eight and five right. after this next four game stretch is playoffs. If you're talking top seed, they're going to have to go three and one. That is Absolutely. at New England, at New England versus the Bears, at Minnesota, at Buffalo. And they could go three and one, but if you do, then you start talking potentially top seed. Now, even that gets you to nine and four. You know, I'm not sure what Buffalo or Kansas City are going to finish here, but they're each six and two at the moment. But, I mean, look, uh, it, the, there's so much parity in the league, and the Jets now do have wins. I know Miami wasn't who they are now when the Jets beat them, but the Jets do have wins over Miami and Buffalo, and they got to get one when they come back in Week 11 against New England. But, yeah, I mean, it's not it, it's not as crazy as you think the way that you make it sound when you talk about the Jets and the potential right. Super Bowl berth or top seed. No, not at all. And I know it's like still, oh, my goodness, the Jets are the number one seed. Get, get out of here. But, like, at the end of the day, even if they're not the one seed, depending how the way they play the next few games, even if they go two and two, like you said, and if they play well and still lose to the Bills or the Vikings in a close game, because I think the Vikings are vastly overrated, even though their record is Agreed. really, really good. I I think I think if the Jets go two and two, they, the, like you said, next week is a two weeks from now. Rather, is a must win against mm-hmm. the Patriots because it's a it's you got to beat them. You can't let this hang over you. They beat you thirteen in a row. You, it's like the Yankees and the Astros. The Yankee is having in their head that they couldn't beat the Astros. They just need to get the Patriots out of their minds and just move on, beat them. They're the better team. They need to beat them. And you know what? Let's let's get ready for a play. Let's get ready for a home playoff game. That would be uh, great. Agreed. I've never seen uh, one. Uh, agreed, Seth. And thank you for the call. And just to be clear. I am not saying that I believe the Jets are legitimate Super Bowl contenders at this moment. I am not saying that the Jets are going to be the one seed. I am not saying the Jets are going to win the division. I could understand to a certain extent, and Seth getting a little ahead of himself, but hey, you know what? Today's the day to do that. Get excited if you're a Jet fan. But when you look at the AFC, can you definitively tell me that there's no way the Jets could go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs in the postseason? I'm a, I wouldn't say that. I don't think Kansas City's that good. I mean, they're good. I don't think they're that good as far as, you know, a couple years ago. Oh, no, nobody's touching the Chiefs. Especially when you're talking about the team with a better defense. Nobody thought the Jets would beat the Bills yesterday. I mean, I did, but nobody thought the Jets would beat the Bills yesterday except for me. And the reason is because they have that defense. When you have that, you're capable of shutting down anybody, even the best team in the NFL, and that's the Bills. If you look at their schedule and you're right about the the New England game, the Jets have to just beat the Patriots just for the sheer fact to get them off their backs and out of their minds. Okay, we we slayed the dragon, we beat him, we split, we beat him in their house. Now, really anything is possible. I'm not sure what the Jets would have to do other than beating the Patriots to make them believe in themselves. If they won that game or win that game in New England in week 11 after the bye, they will now have had division wins over each team. I don't know when the last time that's happened, but think about that. Already. That's the team that they got to beat just to prove to themselves that they can beat anybody. And record-wise, I mean, I think you're looking at right now, which should be, a 10-win team. Now, it's not going to be number one seed, but a 10-win team gets you in the postseason and get into the playoffs. That's all That's all that this team needs to do. Get into the playoffs and anything could happen. You saw Cincinnati do it a year ago. And funny because people were looking at this Jets team saying, oh, could that be the Jets next year? And realistically, we're like, oh, yeah, no, it's not going to be the Jets next year. But it could be. 
I do believe that there's reason to hope if you're a Jeff fan. Reason to dream. You shouldn't put a cap on where they could go. Then I'll take it a step further. It's not just the Jets. Look at a team like the Chargers or a team like the Dolphins where, and again, I know that they're two different things and the Chargers eked out a win in Atlanta yesterday, but, you know, a team that people believed in prior to the year because of Justin Herbert. I don't think the Chargers are that good. I think their coach is a fool, but I'm just giving an example. If I'm a Chargers fan, I'm thinking, hey, you know what? We have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. Maybe even more so if I'm a team like Miami, instead of thinking, well, it's the Dolphins and they never get to the Super Bowl and they're always disappointing and they can't get to that level, I think you can make a legitimate case that Miami could go to the Super Bowl this year. The AFC, like the NFL in general, certainly the NFC, but the AFC, I mean, when you get the Bills losing to the Jets, anything's possible. It's open. You know who's going to be there You know, with, with the Chiefs being in the playoffs. The Titans will be there from the South. The Colts suck. Hey, by the way, how'd that Matt Ryan benching go? <laughs> Clowns. Clowns in Indianapolis. Clown show. Ellinger's not exactly getting it done, huh? Not that it's all his fault, but the Colts stink. The owner should fire himself, Ursay, that embarrassment of a franchise that he runs. You bench Matt Ryan, you get what you deserve. Losers, three straight losses for the Colts. Hold the L's, Indianapolis. Oh, yeah, Matt Ryan's fault for fumbling the football interceptions that he was throwing. Yeah, it's all his fault. No, how about that? You suck. Three straight losses. Anyway, Titans are going to win the AFC South. You know the Ravens and Bengals will likely be there. I mean, unless you get a run from the Browns and then they get Sean Watson back, but... Really, the AFC East, they are they are the division in the NFL, all the NFL, with the only division with every team over 500. And the Jets in that division have wins over the Bills and Dolphins already. The Jets playing in that division 6-3, and three, that is a great accomplishment. You can make a case the Super Bowl representative in the AFC will come out of the AFC East. And be careful just assuming it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. Because right now, I think you can make a legitimate case for the Miami Dolphins, and the Jets have at least shown that, hey, you know what? If we can beat the best team, then why can't we beat anybody else, whether it's now or in the postseason? Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Sal Licata back on The Fan. We're headed down the home stretch in football and hoops and hockey are both underway. Wager on all of it and more right now with Superbook Sports. Sal Licata here for the best wagering app around. Superbook has a dedicated team of odds makers in Las Vegas and now has a $1,000 first bet bonus when the sports world is busy. Get busy winning money. Download the Superbook Sports app in New Jersey or visit Superbook.com and start placing your bets now. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. I told you, too, when we last left you Friday morning that I was going to put my money where my mouth was. Jets to win, not only with the plus 11 of what it was, but Jets' money line went outright. And both those obviously cashed, and I had a two I had two Zach Wilson props. I went over total passing yardage, which was, I think, 203, which was a loss, and then over rushing yards, which I believe was 10.5, which was a win. So it was a nice day betting on the Jets and believing in Zach Wilson. And I just want to thank all the naysayers out there because you guys made it possible. Everybody that called, everybody that tweeted, everybody that talked negatively about Zach Wilson and the Jets overreacting to one bad week, you are the ones who made me believe that, in fact, the Jets were going to win that game against Buffalo. So thank you. I appreciate it. Dove is calling from Muncie. Dove, good Monday morning. How are you? Doing well, Sal. Always love your show, love your energy and your insights. Um, 
So this might sound incredibly self-absorbed, but just before I make my point, so last week I was almost certainly going to be going to the, the Jets game. I'm a Jets fan. And then at the last minute something came up where I was offered to go with my kids on a tour of City Field by the Mets, and my kids were really into it, and I decided, you know what, I'll be a good dad. And I took my kids, and we did the tour, and we went to the, you know, the, the bullpen and whatever. And then, sure enough, even though they were favorites, the Jets lost. And I said, you know what, I got rewarded by being a good dad that I didn't have to go and watch my team lose because I'm not such a well-balanced guy that I can enjoy the game when my team loses. Fast forward to this week, I was also going to be going to the game, and then last minute something came up where, like, a friend needed a, a, someone to have a wedding, and the place fell through, and I was going to go to the game, but I let him have the wedding at my house. It was a beautiful thing. And even though I didn't get to go to the game, I got rewarded, and they won the game, which was a complete shocker. I know you predicted it, but nobody else thought they were going to win. Now, so, were, you able to, were you able to enjoy at least watching the game from home with this wedding no, going on? No, not at all. I was busy from morning till mm. night, and the, the, the party planner just comes to me in the middle. He's like, you're not going to believe this. There's two minutes to go. And it's tied 17, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then they won, and I started getting all these text messages from my friends who went to the game. They're like, oh, you lose, you should have been. I was like, you know, I'm just happy they won, and I got to do a nice thing. So I think there's a bit of karma floating around yeah. the world. Yeah, may maybe I should start um, doing nicer things for people, and then maybe some of the sports teams <laughs> I root for will win. I think it's an interesting point, though. Well, it's nice, look, especially doing the thing with your kids, and imagine how frustrated you would have been if you'd gone to that game and not hung out with your kids and done the tour, and then you go there and see them lay an egg against New England. And even this week, look, I mean, it is something that I know that a lot of us deal with trying to balance family life and, and being a father or being whatever it is that you are, you know, a parent or just a, a husband or a good boyfriend or whatever, or being a good wife, wanting to go to the game and, and, and maybe, uh, you know, your husband doesn't want to for whatever reason, whatever it may be, we try to balance that. And it's nice to see, Dove, that in your case in particular, you have been rewarded now twice for nice decisions that you've made. Yep, yep, yep. I guess it uh, works out a little bit. But the other point, if I can switch gears, last week so on a what, what are you doing about. in? What are you doing in two weeks? That's what I want to know. When the Jets now you have a bye week, you could do whatever you want. In two weeks, that's going to be the question. Are you going to go up to New England for that game, or think about it and then do something else last minute? What's going to be the play there? Uh, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to be out of the country, so hopefully oh, okay. the Jets are all on their own. I can't do a good deed for them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a good question, but um, I did want to just, last week we, when I called you, we talked a little bit about the Knicks, if I can switch gears, and I had a chat with a bunch of my, my, my friends, and you know, after watching all these games that you just thought that, you know, whether it was the Celtics or the Cavs or, or the Grizzlies, you just thought that they were right there, right there, right there, and they couldn't get it done, and I'm like, what is the difference? Like, what can we do? Even like you looked yesterday, very high scoring, a lot of guys having good games, whatever, this Hartenstein and new people doing good. Like, why are we losing? And, like, everyone just said the same thing. They're like, because at the end of the day, we all believe that, this, that Thibodeau was going to be this, is this, made his reputation as being a defensive coach. And, like, he, they're not playing defense, especially from threes. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a shot in the, in, in, in the guts when, like, you, you hustle, and then they just, all those, what is like a record of perimeter threes that have been made in this many games. And it's like, we're just giving away. Like, can't, I'm asking you, like, is that not his reputation? Can he not just focus on, on shutting down the perimeter and teaching the guys to run out there? And I mean, I don't know. Am I just being naive? Like, give me some hope. No, but I don't team. think, I don't think, Dove, and thank you for the call. I appreciate you checking in, of course, and enjoy your travels next week when you're going out of the country. I, I don't believe that any coach in today's NBA can get teams to play defense the way that we were used to seeing it in the 90s. The sport has evolved. It's totally different. And I know Tibbs has been a defensive guy. And by the way, the Knicks played great defense two years ago. Not last year, obviously, but the year that they finished fourth in the Eastern Conference before getting you know beaten by the Hawks in that five-game series. They played very good defense. Was it great, a shutdown defense? No, but it was a good defense. And a lot of times you would say defense is just effort, but I don't believe that a lot of today's players want to give that effort, especially in the regular season. And generally the guys that do put in that type of effort are the guys that don't have the skill that you need 
offensively. And the Knicks have sacrificed, if you look at the way that the team was built two years ago, the team has sacrificed some of those type players, the hard, harder-nosed guys that are going to play better defense, for guys that should be better scorers. And the problem is I don't think that they are. Now, the Knicks have some solid defensive players. And by the way, you look at it with Mitchell Robinson out. You know, he's a guy that's going to protect the rim. I know you're talking about perimeter defense, but, you know, they, they, don't, they don't have, to me, the, the horses to do that. And maybe you'll see it differently. I mean, I don't know if the Knicks are going to make the postseason, but maybe it'd be different in the postseason if things tighten up a little bit or they, they turn it up another notch. I just don't think the Knicks are that good. I don't think they have. And by the way, one good thing and surprising thing, as a matter of fact, was the fact that they benched Evan Fournier finally. Uh, We had a call on that. I think it was Mark and I want to say Brentwood on Friday. I forget where, but Mark was calling a big Knicks fan calls all the time. And he was talking about potentially starting Grimes and benching Fournier. And I didn't think it was even a possibility. I never thought Tibbs would go through with it. And they did, basically, the next night. Grimes got to be able to stay healthy. They got to get Robinson back. And, you know, see what type of defensive team they can build. I mean, I feel like RJ has the effort. I just don't think the Knicks are good defensively. And I'm not blaming the coach. I don't think they're they're good enough players. And when I look at the Knicks' problem, the Knicks will go as RJ and Julius go. If those guys are having on nights, they should be able to win those games. If they're not, they're not going to have a chance. Tony is calling from Liberty. Tony? Yes. How are you doing, Tom? How are you, Tony? Um, Good morning. I'm, I'm doing great. Um, everyone's shocked about the Jets except me. I'll tell you why. I called the fan on Gino, Boomer and Gino's show, January 26, 2021, and I said the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl with this coach. Everybody laughed at me thinking it's a joke. This coach is the single biggest reason why the Jets are winning. I'll tell you why. Because football is 50% skill and 50% emotion. You can win games without skill, but you can't win games without emotion. Football needs emotion, and this guy inspires the team, and they play hard for this guy. I knew it, they, they're going to do good. I knew it. And everybody laughed at me, thinking I'm a joker. Well, how, how's my prediction now about them almost winning the Super Bowl? Right? Well, I mean, I, I mean, they're they're not almost winning the Super Bowl. They've played nine games, so I, I think you're getting a little ahead of yourself. Now, if you want to say that so. you, well, we're, um, this is not that was an opinion. This I'm, is not, I'm, I'm not confident. Why? What do you mean? You're that confident? In Super Bowl? Not, that's that's great. But you're saying how's your prediction looking now? And I'm saying it's you're through nine weeks of. You said this in 2021. It's now about to be January of 2023. So we're, by the time that if the Jets do make the playoffs, it'll be two years since your prediction. And again, we got to see this team go on a run. I wouldn't be put it this way. I wouldn't be taking victory laps just yet if I were you. It's not the victory laps. I just, I just know that this coach is, is like he's a very emotional coach and he's very, he inspires the team. That is true. How was Rex that. Ryan? Was was Rex Ryan emotional coach? But the problem with Rex Ryan, I just he's emotional, but you don't have to tell me the problem with Rex Ryan. I'm aware of the problems with Rex Ryan, but you're talking about emotional this, emotional that. It's not just emotion. It's like he just sets like a this coach sets like a certain tone for the team. I don't know how to explain. I agree. No, there's a confidence level there in Robert Sala. He's in control, in command. I don't love the fact that he's not an offensive guy, but look at what he's done with the defense, which is his bread and butter. You. You credit Joe Douglas first and foremost for bringing in talented players, and then Robert Sala deserves some credit. I I think we're still learning about him at the moment. I mean, I think that's the thing, Tony. We're learning about Robert Sala in year two. And I respect your opinion, and your prediction so far is looking better than it could have. I mean, we could be looking at a disaster right now, which we've become accustomed to with the Jets and really even the Giants as far as their coaching hire goes. Robert Sala has got this team playing hard. He does show emotion. He's in control. They've been playing not only hard, but they've been winning these games. But to talk about a Super Bowl, that's a ways off here. We're through nine. And thank you for the call. I appreciate you checking in. We're through nine weeks. And you don't want to you don't win a Super Bowl by beating the best team in football in week nine. You do it by beating those teams in the postseason, which there's a long way to go. Now, if you didn't say that the Jets were going to win a Super Bowl with Salah, 
then you'd have a better prediction by saying, hey, I, I told you Saul was going to be a good head coach and look at it now. And then I'd say, yeah, you know what? Well, through a year and a half, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Saul can be the guy. I still need to see more myself. But we're clearly on the right path here. Let's go see him beat Bill Belichick in New England when they come back from the bye. You know, it's one of those situations. If you knew Sala was a great coach, you'd feel good about, all right, bye week, they're going to draw some stuff up, go attack, and you know they're going to be tough to beat coming out of the bye week in New England. But I'm not there yet with Robert Sala. I don't know what the... And again, LaFleur has been hit or miss to me. Some good, some bad. I'm not confident in Robert Sala coming out of a bye any differently than I would be coming out of any normal week. Play hard, emotional, sure. Says the right things, confident, accountable, all the above. I think he's got a lot of those traits. I liked the Sala hire at the time. The thing that would that I would question would be the ability to develop the young quarterback, and we're still learning. It is a work in progress. The inexperience from Sala combined with the inexperience from Mike LaFleur, combined with the inexperience for Zach Wilson, I'm not sure that's the way that I would have done it. I don't think that's the best way to develop a young quarterback. However, the Jets have done it that way, and so far in year two, off to a tremendous start. Or not even a start. We're halfway home now. But easy come, easy go. Week to week, as Robert Sala says, there's more of a relief each week than there is enjoyment. Nine games left. Excuse me, eight games left. Right, they've played nine. Eight games left. Nine weeks left, of course. And the Jets are going to have to finish. Don't take bows. You can enjoy this win, of course. Should be celebrating this win. Can't take bows after week nine saying that, oh, I said Saul was going to win the Super Bowl two years ago, and everybody laughed at me. Yeah, well, I mean, he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. It's week nine. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.